Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show that's doing all of its prep work right now because I forgot to do it. My name is Brett Tepper. I'm the managing editor. I'm just looking up whose birthday it is. Uh, I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com corresponding website thank you for spending part of your day with us whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com facebook youtube or twitch or you're listening to us on the podcast which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice either way thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i am sitting here sitting over there at the helm today making us sound good i don't have a nickname for her which it's is just Mallory. A, 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 just Mallory. It's just Mallory just Hartley. Just plain Mallory. Just plain Mallory. Hi, Mallory. Hi. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. I want to point out, so somebody commented that there's no sign right oh, here. Oh, it's janky. But I have my button. There you go. She's my got Texas her Football Today button that you can get at Coaching School. There you the go. Coaches can come got, thank out. you for... Thank I you, wanted to point that out. Thank so. you for doing your part to brand the show because You're the, the whole studio is falling apart behind it you. Is. It is. Uh, and sitting to my right... Joining us on today's show, he's the college football insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It's Shahan J. Raja, back from your uh, back from your your well earned vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I walked in here, realized I didn't bring my laptop with me. I don't know. I'm still trying to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel that. Why, why would we expect you? to do uh, I, I'm very cloudy right now. I think I told Mallory that earlier yeah. during a, a production oh, meeting. I, vacation I, fog. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm it's a real still, thing. Still oh. trying to come back. I 100 percent agree. <laughs> yeah. It's a real thing. It is. Vacation fog is is for real. Today yeah. is Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. 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 Today is not Monday. Today is Tuesday. I know there are people out there who need reminding. July 6th, 2021. Funny. 21. 142 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to 50 Cent. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. Episode 1,197? Is that right? 98. 98. 1,198. Ooh, you get to do the 1,200th show. What are we going to do special? Oh. Probably I'm, nothing. That's what, in two days? And that's when I think of my own segment. So, so you could do a 1,200 episode spectacular. Yes. Wow. I will think of something. It's good. a round number. It is. Uh, on today's show, guys, we've got headlines from across the state, including uh, Shahan is here because he's got to help me understand NIL. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> In the back <laughs> half of the show, uh, Shahan is also here. 
uh, to break down to the Baylor State of the Program address. We've been going through the 12 FBS programs in the state of Texas. Today is Baylor Day. We're going to break down the State of the Program as Dave Aranda enters his second year there in Waco. We'll do that with uh, one of the chief Baylor experts uh, on planet Earth. Yeah, I mean... It's it's a weird media space. I will, I will say <laughs> you that. You do operate in a weird media. That's the best description of your job I've ever heard. I yeah. operate in a weird media space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a lot. Uh, I know quite a bit. Yeah, you we'll, do know a lot. We'll, we'll test that uh, theory Ooh, coming big up here in the back half of the show. Uh, do we have first four through the door, Mallory? We sure do. It was Daniel Agnew, Aaron Arbuckle, Ed McClear. McElroy. McElroy. And Rob Hathaway. Welcome She's getting there. in. It's fine. Bellas. Welcome Excuse me. in. Uh, thank you, Mallory. For Congrats that. on learning how to read. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Can I quit now? Listen, you thought kidding. you were going to come on the show and we were going to be nice to you? Oh, man. I, come on. No. It's roast o'clock. Let's <laughs> it go. It is. <laughs> let's go. All right. Let's get some headlines from across the state. We'll do one quick one uh, on a bit of a sad note to start it off, uh, and that is uh, there are uh, the, that Rice Football has announced today uh, that uh, former um, – Legend, former Al Southwest Conference uh, fullback or running back, safety, did a little bit of everything there. Uh, All Southwest Conference back in 1955, and it consists of 54 and consensus All American in 1954. Uh, Dickie Magel. Dickie Magel has passed away. He was 86 years old. Uh, Dickie Magel uh, was an All Southwest Conference player in uh, 1954, an All American player in 1954. He made the Pro Bowl in 1955, the pride of Taylor, Texas, the uh, Taylor Duck. Um, he, uh, he, ex- believe it or not, he accepted a scholarship offer from Rice, uh, as a 16 year old freshman, which is incredible because it was just the wild west back then. <laughs> uh, and, but he is probably, cause I told you, Shahan, yeah, that Dickie Magel had passed away and you kind of looked at me with like, Dickie Magel, should I know that name? Uh, if you, if you don't know that name, that's okay. He was a football player in the fifties, but you probably know a play he's involved in, which is. In the 1954 Cotton Bowl, when, and here's the thing that happened, Rice destroyed Alabama. Yeah. Let that sink in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rice throttled Alabama. Dickie Magel was breaking off what was going to be a 95-yard touchdown run. He was in the clear. Nobody was going to catch him. Uh, And that is when Tommy Lewis from Alabama, without a helmet, jumped off the sideline and tackled him. Uh, it is one of the most famous plays in college football history. That was Dickie Magel running the ball there. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, here's a fun question. Do you know how old Rice Stadium was? In 1955? 1954? <laughs> no, I have no idea. It was four years old. Golly. Jeez. We're talking way back when. Um, but this this was uh, – so so uh, the referee at the time, I don't know who the, who the official was. Oh, Cliff Shaw. Uh, he looked at that and he goes ah, – Cliff Shaw, of course. Yeah. He goes, nah, he was going to score. He was going to score. So he awards him a 95-yard touchdown, uh, which I appreciate. I appreciate letting common sense reign yeah. in something like that. Of like, no, he was going to go. Like, come on, let's not get crazy here. Like, throw a 15-yard penalty and cost him a touchdown. You know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I know that there are a lot of memorable plays from the 1950s Cotton Bowl. Sure, but that that is the one that I do remember. That's most. the one. Uh, so uh, Dickie Magel has passed away at the age of 86. Uh, a, a terrific player. He's he in that game. He was he set the all-time Cotton Bowl rushing record. Wow, which was uh, then broken in 2008 
by Tony Temple of Missouri in a game that I was at. Missouri, I don't know. Uh, they, I don't know they, uh, they, public land grant university. I think they're land grant university in, uh, in in Columbia, Missouri, Central Missouri. Um, uh, Brad Pitt went there, but did not graduate. Bobby Petrino's team. I don't know. Um, no, you're no. We're, we're we'll get there. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. fine. Um, Don for no, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, we will. Uh, but anyway, Dickie Magel has passed away at the age of 86, an All Southwest Conference uh, star. Okay. Let's get to the other thing. And this is the big thing that happened last week, which is uh, NIL, uh, national or national. Good <laughs> Lord. It's, it's Monday, guys. And by Monday, I mean Tuesday. Name, image, and likeness. I guess I brought my vacation fog to everybody. You really did. Just <laughs> yeah. hanging over everybody. It, oh, it man. really is. Uh, name, image, and likeness uh, became law for uh, every NCAA student athlete starting last week. Yes. Um. And for those who don't know, name, image, and likeness basically means that the uh, NCAA can no longer prevent student athletes from profiting off of their name, image, and likeness. Uh, think about the idea that fundamentally there's a reason that you didn't see commercials with Johnny Manziel in them while he was at A&M, even though he was like one of the most famous people in America. Right? Yes. Yes. That is that is now gone. Is that is a team or Athletes can go and they can profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Now, I think you and I, I don't think we've ever actually sat down and discussed it, but I think you and I are pretty much on the same page, which is I am pretty much pro-player agency in basically every regard. Yes. And this feels like the first step towards even more player agency. Yeah. Uh, do are, we're, we're locked well, up there, right? So, So here's one thing that I'll say, right? is that when I was in college at Baylor University, which, again, we will talk about at the end of the program, mm-hmm. I worked and did some stringing for the Dallas Morning News, and I got paid for it because I mm-hmm. went to college to study something and then did some outside work. Very simple, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people uh, did something similar. In the previous rules, that would not have been allowed for a college football player mm-hmm. to do anything, not just anything football related, which obviously is a huge part, right? Like there's so much talk about ads. There was an offensive lineman at Marshall University who is a singer who performs at, at open bars and That's would have cool. gotten paid for it, but couldn't, right? right. Th- this isn't just about football. They were barred in any way possible from making money off their name, image, or likeness. There was a, a UCF football player who was a kicker a while back, had a YouTube page. He had to take it down because it was monetized, right? Like, this isn't even, oh, my gosh, they get so much extra stuff. This is, oh, my gosh, finally they're where everybody else is. Yes, every, that we will treat them like every other college student. Right. Where, now, obviously, the, um, the as, as uh, Stephen Godfrey is calling them, uh, the, the merit badge squad, uh, the Boy Scouts out there, <laughs> are going to be very mad. Uh, and and say oh this is the this is the first step towards the destruction of college football, and and I want to be clear I'm not pro the destruction of college football. <laughs> Very brave. V- uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> but what I, what I will say is, if your sport and the structure of the sport is reliant on making them the only adults in America right. who cannot profit off of their name, image, and likeness, then. That's we've got bigger problems than college football. Right, right, and that's the thing. This is a return to just normal. This yeah. isn't a. This isn't again. This isn't saying that schools can give millions of dollars, anything like that. This is just saying that for being who you are, 
for having your face, for having your name, for having things that belong to you. You're allowed to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one that that always sticks out to me is Katie Ledecky, the swimmer, uh, you know, just absolute superstar at the 2016 Olympics. She wanted to swim for Stanford, so she had to not accept any endorsement money in order to swim at Stanford. And eventually she was like, I can't turn down millions of dollars. This is ridiculous, right? This is more than I'm ever going to make just earning a degree from Stanford even. So I'm going to stop swimming for Stanford because I just have to make this money, right? And mm. that's just ridiculous, right? That, that's that's ridiculous. And I think that there's still steps to go. I don't want to act like this to me is the end of this, that this is enough, that this is acceptable, anything like that. But this is a first step. And I think that when you look at when you look at the landscape of what's happened already there's been this talk about oh well it's only going to be spencer rattler he's going to be the only one who makes any money because nobody else is actually worth anything well we've already seen so many athletes from so many different sports men's and women's sports division one division two II, division three so many different people make money off of this and and i think that's going to be something that's really cool is hey guess what if you are the starting quarterback at north texas there's going to be an opportunity for you in denton if you are the starting left tackle at Wisconsin, right, there's going to be an opportunity for you. And so I, I think that that's something that's already been really cool is realizing that, mm-hmm. hey, there aren't just seven football players who matter in America. Right. There's thousands of athletes. Well, and it's, it's just it's a return. Like if you're a fan of the free market, it's like, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, this you should be like you should be cheering. Whoa, right? Radical. Yeah, again, I'm going out on some limbs here today, but this is just a return to the free market. And so. Look, you're going to read a lot, and I think that what's going to happen, this is how I foresee this happening. And I know you and Ishmael Johnson are going to talk a lot about yep. this on Republic Football, our outstanding college football podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your mm-hmm. choice. Tintint. Republic Football. <laughs> um, but here's what I think is probably what's going to happen. I think for the first month or two, there's going to be this flood of these stories that are going to make people go, oh, my gosh, look at this. Look at De'Aaron King opening up his own store online. And by the way, his stuff is kind of fire. It's, it's good. Really good. It's, there's it. a it's... lot of mid stuff. Oh yeah, Derek Kings is not De- one of them. Derek Kings is excellent. <laughs> oh my gosh, look at this. Oh, uh, uh, Isaiah Spiller was doing a. a he did a. a tw- he sent out a tweet about a, a, a chicken finger restaurant in in oh, uh, dear. in um in in College Station. Oh my gosh, look at this. Look at that. Oh, the, you know, there's coming out today that like a Miami booster is saying that he's gonna make it so that he's gonna make five hundred thousand dollars available for for endorsements and stuff like that. There's gonna be all this like panic, right? And then it's probably just gonna settle in. And I think that the it's going to be a pretty nominal, pretty nothing burger impact as far as college football right. exists right now. Right. And again, there's been so much talk about like, well, all these rich programs are just going to funnel money to people. But like the reality is, too, is that for you to have value, you have to play and matter to your community. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's one thing that really got lost during this whole conversation was you know what, it, it is in many cases more valuable to be a star at a mid-level mm-hmm. school than to be a somebody or a nobody at Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. And so, right. and the other thing too is that it has to be said, because I don't know if this has totally gotten uh, communicated, is that you cannot use this, you cannot use the promise of endorsements, the promise of money in order to recruit. You can understand that once they get there that they have more value being a student athlete at wherever, mm-hmm. but like, that's an argument that anybody can make. I, I've seen, uh, you know, the other day I saw UTSA, I think that it was Will Stein, their, their passing game coordinator, put out something like, listen, we are the number seven market in the United States, mm-hmm. and we are the only football team in town. Guess what? You can go to wherever, you know, you can go to 
Florida States and, you know, compete mm-hmm. in the giant Tallahassee market, or you can be a superstar in right. San Antonio, Texas. Right. And, uh, and guess what? You might get more ads this way. Right. Uh, and, and it's like, there are so many, it's, it's just a return to a, a free market system in the sense that like, let's take media, for example. Yeah. Let's take media, for example. If you are, if you are most concerned about making the, making the biggest brand, your biggest brand possible, like, yes, would ESPN be a good choice for Shahan J. Raj in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. More than Dave Campbell's text football. I love us very much. But <laughs> no, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that nobody's ever going to come work for Dave Campbell's Texas football right. because not everybody has the same kind of, you know, not everybody has the same kind of values. Not everybody has the same right. kind. I'm not saying values. That's sort of a value judgment. Not everybody has the same kind of things that are important to them. Right. You know well, I mean? and, and the thing is, too, right? Like, I think that's actually a really interesting example because. Look, I am the Texas college football guy at this outlet, right? Listen to this guy. <laughs> I know, I know. A big talk, I know. But, I literally uh, introduced you as the college football insider right. for Dave Campbell's Tech. Right. I'm giving you trouble about and, it. And so, like, in this space, I am king, right? Like, I, I am I am I'm all that king. sort of stuff. And so, Love it. Or I could, you know, go to another outlet, you know, maybe a nominally bigger outlet and just be a dude. Right. Like, I I think that I guess I've gotten added to to national voting, you know, in national award voting. Right. I've gotten added to national committees. I don't know if I have done that at a bigger publication necessarily. This is the best situation for me. And I think that every college football player is going to just simply have to make the same decision that any other adult human has to make. And here's the other thing. And then we'll move on, I promise. But (laughs) the... I think the concern is like, oh man, now Alabama and 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 Ohio State and and you know all these guys, they're going to get all the four and five star prospects. Oh no! Oh, first no. of all, guys. Oh boy. First of all, guys, oh. if you want to fix that, still my heart. If you want to fix that, let's talk about the college football playoff. But um, that's for another day. That's for another day. But the the thing is that I just don't think that a four or five star player who is ostensibly at that point, you are thinking, I want to play in the NFL. Yes. If you're a four-star, five-star player, I want to play in the yeah, NFL. The reason that everybody goes to Alabama isn't because Alabama is going to funnel up more money. It's because they want to play in the NFL where they can make money. Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. it. Right. Yeah. I mean, winning helps too. But like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does. That's, but, but winning helps you get to the NFL. Correct. Exactly right. That's not suddenly going to become a, a situation where... You know, like like the four and five star prospects are going to start being like they're not going to start flooding to Rutgers is what yeah. I'm saying. Okay, yeah. that it's it, I just I think that I think you underestimate Greg Schiano. I think I do. <laughs> uh, I I just don't think that this is. I think there's going to be a lot of chicken littles. There's going to be a lot of the sky is falling from people who are, in my opinion, some of them, some of them are operating in bad faith. Uh, but I don't think that this is going to have some sort of seismic impact on what college football looks like. Mm-hmm. I just think that now you're just going to see some, like, if you follow, if you follow, uh, I'm thinking of it, if you follow Austin Ani, he might just tweet about like, <laughs> hey, by the way. Uh, what's the place in Denton now? Yeah, what's the place in Denton? My favorite place is LSA, but. Okay. She. Yeah, Austin Oni might be like, hey, I really like LSA. You should try it. I don't know what LSA is. Yeah. You know what I'm really looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to uh, some college kid, some college football player endorsing like a restaurant that everybody just thinks sucks. Like just just the most basic place in town. Like the well actually endorsement. (laughs) The well actually endorsement. (laughs) It's like, it's like, you might think that Jim's shrimp stinks, but I. The I, the quarterback here at Abilene Christian, want you to know that, in fact, 
Jim's shrimp is awesome. <laughs> Hashtag ad. There, there's a lot of meme potential. Oh, there man. Is, there and is. Uh, I, I will say, just to, to close this out, this is not a lot of money that we're no. likely talking about, right? Like, like Derek King, who's one of the biggest stars in the whole sport, right? Talked about on the first day, he signed deals worth potentially up to $20,000, which is a lot of money for Derek King, right? But it's not like... It's not millions and millions, right? That's just being funneled to get some kid to go somewhere. Because the other thing too is like you even talk about funneling and that sort of thing, right? Like, hey, guess what? There's 85 players on a college football roster. It's hard to figure out how to funnel money. Yes, it's just really hard. And so, you know, it, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars for a lot of kids, and that's going to be a life changing amount of money for right. a lot of kids. And, and I think I think it's cool too that I know some of these kids are using that money for good. Like yeah. this opportunity for good. Like like Casey Thompson, mm -hmm. projected starter of for yeah. Texas, he's using all of his pro donating all of his proceeds to a program called No Kid Hungry. Mm. It's yeah. a national campaign that was designed to fight hunger. Yeah. I, think I think that's really cool. I think you're gonna see that a really lot. Cool. I think yeah. you're gonna see I think you're gonna see a lot of guys that and yes, I wanna be clear because your point is well taken. There are people who are going to go out there and profit off this. Yes. And that's good. That's kind of the point. It's good. But I also think what you're going to see is guys who are like, hey, if you want to improve your image, if you want to improve your brand, Casey Thompson, a perfect example of a guy who probably thinks he, he wants to go play in the NFL. He doesn't think Texas is his last stop, hopefully. <laughs> he wants to improve his brand. He's going to be like, hey, you know what? I want to show that I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I'm a good citizen. I'm a good member of the community and stuff like that. So yeah, I and, and I believe like Casey Thompson. I believe is like the son of a former college football yeah. player. Like I don't think his family needs money, right? There's going right. to be examples where there are people who need money, and it is a very good yeah. thing. Like a like a Jamias Ramsey was one, right? Like his his mom's. Uh, he was a basketball player at Texas Tech. Like his family's house burned down, and he was like, I yeah. need to make money right now. And the best part about it, and I think one of the things that's going to be healthiest for for college sports heading forward is that if you are in a situation like that where you need to make money, there will be opportunities available to you to where you can still play college sports. Right. Okay. There's some NIL talk. You yeah. can probably get more of it. I haven't. Uh, you guys haven't recorded it. No, no, it's Not smart. Uh, but you can get more of it on the new episode of Republic of Football, starring Shahan Jiraja and Ishmael Johnson, expertly produced by Mallory Hartley. Uh, if you go to texasfootball.com or to the podcast vendor of your choice, look for Republic of Football. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. If you want your 2021 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football mail to you, it's starting to hit newsstands. I, I believe some people have picked them up at their some. local stores. But uh, I will tell you, the same thing I say every year. We don't control the trucks. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't. Like, I, I wish I did. Trust me, I wish I did. I wish everybody <laughs> could have it. But if you want it mailed to you and get a lot of other great content at texasfootball.com, a year's worth of it, you can go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. And if you like podcasts like this or the Republic of Football, then perhaps that is a good way to show it and be like, hey, you know what? He's, uh, it ends up being not very much a month. Um, I think it's, what, it's twenty nine nine five dollars a, yeah, it's a like year? Less than like $3 a month. Exactly, yeah. If you want to show that you love Shahan J. Raja, wow. TexasFootball.com <laughs> slash subscribe. Okay. I, I did or, just buy a house, and uh, I would like to be able to live in it. And here's another thing. If you want to spite Shahan J. Raja, and you want to show him how much you hate the Republic of Football, go in there and just in the notes be like, subscribe, be like, I'm doing this because I don't like Shahan. Yeah. yeah. Vote with your money one way or another. One way or another, but no matter what, <laughs> vote at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. It's the only polling place. <laughs>
What a dumb, what a dumb ad read. Okay. <laughs> you should, you should advertise with us. You can get ad reads like that. Okay. We are continuing our series of uh, uh, state of the program addresses with every, uh, all 12 FBS programs in the state of Texas. We have now landed in central Texas, in Waco, Texas, North central Texas, central Texas, central Texas. Yeah, that's what they call it. Uh, where we will talk about the Baylor bears here. With Dave Campbell's Texas Football College Football Insider, Shahan J. Raja. Hello, Shahan. Hey, long time no see. I know. It's been a minute. Um, okay, let's talk about Baylor. A second year now entering under uh, Dave Aranda. I know Bill Connolly, our friend from ESPN, put out uh, his uh, started his Big 12 piece, and he referred to uh, last year as year zero for Dave Aranda. I think that's uh, an apt way of describing it, considering gestures broadly. So... It's probably the toughest question to ask, but what is the state of the program at Baylor right now? Yeah, so I think that 2020 was an interesting year for a lot of reasons. I I think primarily, you know, the staff change, of course, has to be a big part of it. The player attrition after the 2019 season, right? This was not the same team that took the field in 2019 for a lot of reasons. And I think that the other thing that you say is that this is a team that I think struggled without having spring camp in 2020 as much as any team in the country did and a big part of the reason for that not not to get too much into it but you know on their offensive staff Dave Aranda really tried to replicate what they had done at LSU on offense they tried to bring in you know a seasoned offensive coordinator and Larry Fedora kind of mix it with some passing game coordination from George Munoz and that takes a lot of chemistry like I, I think that we look at what happened with Joe Brady at LSU in 2019 and think oh well they, they just want to do that again well most teams can't do that that's just not realistic in a lot of cases and I think that Dave Aranda realized that he went he went and fixed the problem uh, he brought in uh, obviously a new offensive coordinator and Jeff Grimes a new offensive line coach and Eric Mateos, a new wide receivers coach and Chancey Stuckey, and, and also a new cornerbacks coach as well after after uh, his cornerbacks coach left to become a defense coordinator. And so this is, I, I think that the state of the program right now is to be determined. They're, they're kind of in the middle of something, I think. Now, the, the thing that I will say is that what making these decisions tells me more than anything is that Dave Aranda is evaluating. He is trying to look at it. He's not married to anything he's not a little too stuck in his ways a little too stubborn he's willing to try things and so i I think that they're on the early part of a growth i I think they're heading in the right direction but it's going to be a process so let's we in a lot of ways if if you're taking 2020 as a starting point for baylor which is basically the only data point we have to go off of on dave aranda era um i think it's fair to say that the defense was you know very good i thought pretty darn good yeah very good and the offense was a disaster. Awful. It was very bad. And so, I guess let's start with how fixing the offense. Mm-hmm. Jeff Grimes comes in, and of course he ran the, the BYU offense, which was one of the very best in the nation. Depending on who you ask, it may have been the best in the nation. Um, they bring him in as the offensive coordinator. So what's this offense going to look like, especially with a personnel that is undergoing some uh, a lot of turnover, replacing four offensive linemen, replacing a quarterback... What is what do you think this uh, this Baylor offense is going to look like? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I have a piece of com that I published before I went on vacation <gasps> that you should definitely check out. Uh, so 
the biggest thing that they say is that they are going to have an identity in a way that they just never did last season. And so what that's going to be built around is they're going to be a wide zone offense. That's what uh, Jeff Grimes ran at BYU to great success. And and what that means is they're going to be kind of a stretch running game. That That's what everything is built around. And one thing that they told me a lot was that almost every play is going to look the same on the offensive line. They're going to block the same wide zone system, whether it's a run, whether it's a pass, and they're just going to attach things to it. That's really what it comes down to is that it's going to be pretty simple. You know, the system itself, wide zone isn't an easy system to run as an offensive lineman, but it is going to be, you need to be decisive. You need to be trained. You need to, you know, kind of be able to execute it at a very high level. That's what it's going to be built around more than anything. And so I wish that I had the phrase in front of me that, that he said, but basically it's, we we run a few plays in a lot of different ways, which is with as much misdirection as any team in the country. I think that's actually the exact quote. And so what that means, I mean, that's a whole lot of words. Yeah. But but what it means is that a lot of these plays are going to be built out of the same look. But it's just going to, again, be concepts attached. It's going to be work, the receiver's going to run this, but it's still in the middle going to be the same. right? It's, it's going to be the same type of play. And so... Basically, the idea is, man, we only have a couple of practices with these guys. We only have a couple of years with these guys. We want to give them something that they can digest and adjust to and then build around it and, and kind of have, you know, again, you can do whatever with the receivers. It doesn't really matter. You can do whatever with the running backs. It doesn't really matter. But on the offensive line, this is our direct identity. And so that's what they want more than anything is, is to be able to be sort of a stretch run team, to be able to get to the outside and, and be able to be decisive in a way that we really never saw last season. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I, I hate these questions but I know that uh, people in radio do it all the time sure. to me on interviews and so I, I finally get to reverse the whip on somebody. All right, all right. What is the bigger concern for the Baylor offense, the offensive line or the quarterback? Oh, it has to be offensive line. I, I think that even dating back to 2017, Matt Rule's first season in Waco, I don't think that this has been a unit that has developed the way that you needed them to, and so. You know, there's been so much talk about Charlie Brewer last season, but listen, the, the way that they blocked last season was a huge issue. And talking to Dave Aranda, again, this is in the article at TexasWall.com, uh, he said that one of the hardest things to do right now is to drop back pass and block inside zone. And they tried to do both those things a lot last season. And so they're, they're trying to go the opposite of that is basically what it comes down to. But look, it doesn't matter who you have at quarterback. And, and there are four guys that are very much in that quarterback competition and Gary Bohannon, Jacob Zeno, Blake Shapin, and Kyron Drones. But it doesn't matter who's going to start. What their skill set is if you can't keep them healthy, if you can't keep the game in front of them. And so I will say, this system also does emphasize, like, look, we are going to bootleg our quarterback. We are going to get guys on the run. We are going to zone read, stuff like that. That's a big part of it. But if they can't execute at a high enough level, it really doesn't matter what else they do. If they can't block for the running backs, they can't block for the quarterbacks. And they've really tried to address that position in a big way. They added some transfers. Jacob Gall was uh, the top-rated left guard in America, according to Pro Football Focus last year, but he might play center at Baylor uh, in this in this uh, wide zone scheme. They added a transfer from Vanderbilt, Grant Miller, who, uh, who played center and might actually play guard at Baylor. They have a guy in Connor Galvin who they're very high on and has been a tremendous left tackle for them for a couple of years. So that position, I think, is kind of locked down. And they have some other young guys coming in there that they're pretty optimistic about, and they still might take more transfers. So they're trying to rebuild this on the fly because they know that nothing's going to change unless that changes. Doing the Baylor State of the Program address here with Shahan J. Roger here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Let's now go over to the defense, where there's probably nicer things to talk about, at <laughs> least, or at least more, more positive things from 2020 to talk about. Um, 
I think that the linebackers for Baylor, is it overstating to say it could be the best linebacker core in the Big 12? I mean, I think Terrell Bernard and, and Jalen Petrie are awesome and, and could be the— is it fair to say let's, uh, that's it's not fair to put put that question to you? Is it fair to say that that is the strength not just of the defense but of maybe the entire team? Well, I will say it depends on how you classify Jalen Petrie. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, they do sort of classify him as a defensive back, but I think that here here's what I'll say about Baylor is that I think that they have three of the best defensive players in the state of Texas: and Terrell mm-hmm. Bernard at linebacker, Jalen Petrie at that star position, which sometimes lines up at DB, sometimes lines up at linebacker, and Raleigh Tejada at cornerback. I mean, that's as good a threesome as I think you're going to find. And they're also very optimistic. The, the weak part of this defense last year was the defensive line. Mm-hmm. They've added a transfer at nose tackle named Siaki Ika from LSU, and he is just not the kind of player that you usually get at Baylor University. He is big. He is disruptive. I mean, he's like. 330 pounds and disruptive right you you just don't get that he's not a gap filler and so I think that when you have those four guys that's a great base and you do return 10 starters on the defensive side of the ball now again it is going to come down I think in a lot of ways to that defensive line whether they're able to get pass rush with their defensive ends Uh, but you know I mean they have the pieces in place I think to be one of the best defenses in the Big 12 and in the state of Texas and even nationally just just with the production that they return Uh, you know even you look at safety right like you've got guys in JT Woods and Christian Morgan who have been there for years at this point a lot of production a lot of experience from that group Uh, and that linebacker too you know I mean Petrie sometimes lines up in that role Uh, Terrell Bernard obviously down there too and Dylan Doyle really showed some flashes at times last year, too. So this is a unit that I think top to bottom is as complete as any group in the in the Big 12 and in the country. And like you mentioned, if Terrell Bernard stays healthy, Jalen Petrie, I think, is the X factor of this defense, being able to line up anywhere on the field. It could be a really good unit. So I asked this to, uh, to Jeremy Clark of Horn Frog Blitz last week about TCU, and I'll ask you the same question. Who's the guy that could, that could be the breakout star of this team? Who's the guy that could be... The one is like, man, we should have seen this coming. He, it ends up he's one of their very best players. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that for people in the know, Siaki Ika is a guy that we almost expect this from mm-hmm. at this point. But this is going to be the guy that I think by the end of the year, everybody's talking about in the Big 12. Like, talking to some of their staffers, like, they were like, man, this guy's going to be first team all Big 12. Mm-hmm. The, like, this guy is going to be one of the best players in the Big 12 on the defensive side of the ball. And and like I mentioned, I mean, he is huge. He, he was a... believe like borderline top 100 kid coming out of high school very disruptive for LSU just kind of it wasn't the best situation for him so he decided to to come and rejoin his old defense coordinator Dave Aranda at Baylor and he is just a center point right like I mentioned their defensive line was really the issue last season in a lot of ways and when you have that presence in the middle like Baylor fans will remember Andrew Billings Mm -hmm. right Andrew Billings is a total game changer at uh, at nose tackle well when you have a guy like that it makes things so much easier for all the defensive linemen for the defensive ends and and obviously with Baylor too and the way that Dave Aranda plays the system it, it means that Terrell Bernard and Jalen Petrie are going to be able to get after the quarterback too so he's the guy that I think uh, has the potential to take this Baylor defense from being very good which it was last year, it was very good to potentially being an elite unit so it's I think it's fair to say, okay, unless they go zero and twelve or some sort of out, 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 you know, exterior thing, external thing happens. Dave Aranda's not getting fired, okay, just hold it, you know. So he's not on the hot seat or anything like that. Especially coming off of what was such a strange twenty twenty. So they go two and seven last year. We actually have a twelve game schedule, which is super yep. cool and like a nice way, a nice change of pace here. How about that? I don't, I don't want to ask, I don't want to pin a win total on you. 
But what would rec- what would in your opinion would signify success in 2021 a successful year for Baylor yeah I think it's making a bowl game uh look last year like you mentioned is a weird year and and especially with Baylor and and Texas Tech I feel like I come back to this right like you lose three non-conference games so Baylor lost three Texas Tech lost two and if Baylor wins three non-conference games which you expect them to do this year it's a five and seven year, which does not feel the same as no. two and seven, right? Mm-hmm. And so this year, I, I think that I'm looking at it more from okay, you went five and seven almost last year. Not not that they did, but that it feels mm-hmm. like that. So I need to see more than that mm-hmm. this year. I need to see progress from that this year. And you do have a very young offense. That's a huge part of it. You have a new quarterback coming in. You've got a new offensive system. You still are trying to figure out that offensive line. But I think that for Baylor, I, I think that they are at a point as a program to where. If you do not make a bowl game, that is a disappointing season one way or another. Mm -hmm. Even in a down year, even in a bad year, you should be expecting to be in a bowl game. I think that's where Baylor's at at this point. And and I will just say, you know, to kind of close it out, the schedule sets up that if you're going to have a young offense, which they are, with a lot of new pieces, you open at Texas State, Texas Southern, at Kansas, okay? The first, like your first real test, all due respect to our Bobcat friends and our Tigers friends, um... Your first real test doesn't come until September 25th. Now that's Iowa State, yeah. And you, you like one of the one of the final exams comes in the fourth game of the year. But you do have some time to build up and get some some real game reps there. That, yeah, you know, in games that you should be favored in. Yeah, and I I look at that Iowa State game. It's such an interesting matchup to me because back in 2019, for people who who remember that season from Baylor, right? Like Baylor goes and they go up, I think it was 20 to zero come, you know, I would say it comes back, goes up 21 to, and they win at the last second on a field goal. Right. Mm-hmm. And that ended up portending great things for that season. They ended up winning 11 games and all that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, Baylor did. And so I don't expect by any means for Baylor to beat Iowa state. They sh- there's no reason that they should. Right. But I think that we're going to learn a lot about how competitive this team is going to be in that game. You know, it is a game at home. It is the first uh, conference, or well, they, they play Kansas, but the first real conference game for Baylor at home. Are they able to be that level of competitive? Are they able to take it down to the wire? Are they able to make it a game in the fourth quarter? Or do they get blasted? Because that's certainly uh, in consideration yeah. too. And so I think that we're going to learn coming off of that game whether this team has the upside to be super competitive in the Big 12, even if they don't win. I'm not saying that being super competitive means winning winning nine games, but if they're able to be competitive in every game and win six games and make a bowl game, I think you have to feel very good about this team. I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on that like that Iowa State, they should be 3-0. and If there's not 3-0 and going into that game, yeah. they've they got well. bigger issues. <laughs> But yeah. they they should go. And I don't know what Iowa State schedule looked like. They may be undefeated as well. They play they're, Iowa. They're not gonna. They should beat Iowa. Iowa's, uh, <laughs> well, that's literally every year. El, El Asico, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will say that with that Iowa State game, if they come out and they lose thirty four twenty seven, yeah, I think you're like okay, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously didn't get a win, but but things are moving in the right direction. But they come out and they get blasted like forty two to three, right? Then it's like you you wonder where the progress is coming with with Baylor. He's Shahan J. Raja. He's our college football insider here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Follow him on Twitter at Shahan J. Raja, spelled exactly as it sounds. Uh, thanks. Hold on. We have some questions for you. All right. Let's go over to Mallory Hartley for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. I've got one. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So Ch- somebody in the comments said that Chipotle put out a tweet saying that they need s- somebody to sponsor. And uh-huh. I think I should be. 
Oh, you. Yeah. So are you you're you're willing to to step up to the plate and and take I'm money from a take, major corporation? How brave of you? I'm willing to take one for the team. I have Chipotle pretty much every week, so I think that if mm-hmm. somebody from Chipotle is watching this, well, you know what? I appreciate me. you standing up for that that tiny tiny company known as McDonald's. <laughs> Uh, and taking their money. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. It's a yep. little, a lo- you know, a little local burger joint <laughs> you know, turned into turned into nice things. You guys do know Chipotle's owned by McDonald's, right? Yes. I hope you. I didn't. I actually didn't know. You didn't that. know that? Yes, no, they are owned but by I the do same now. company. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Chipotle yes. does get a bad rap. They do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a it's a quite Chipotle's, good lunch. Chipotle is quite yeah. solid. I want to be yes. very clear. Yes. Chipotle is quite solid. But yes, that's 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 a good way to end it. Okay, Mallory, how do you think this went? I think it went really well. Do you want to do this again tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, Shahan, you can 100%. come too. I'll, I'll I mean, be here. Powers, Powers <laughs> is going to be sitting in that chair, but uh, you can just kick him out. And That's okay. I'll sit on his lap. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. <laughs> Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Mallory Hartley and Shahan Jayaraja, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, come get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow for Texas Football Today.